Shall we begin? Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure? It's time. It's time. You need to say it's time. Stay calm. Help. I need somebody. Help. Don't ask me a question. If you don't want to hear what my answer is, I'm going to answer it. Not just anybody. Help. You know I need someone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vent Lab Podcast. <laughs> How's it going, Rebecca? It's going good. John Wesley Crockett. We're here. Is in the studio. It's oh my shock goodness. therapy. How are you guys? Man. Rebecca good. is speechless. Good. Great. I'm sorry. I'm speechless. My hands over my mouth. Uh, my my brain has just been totally <laughs> thrown for a curve. <laughs> Jay West, what you just did really just threw me for a loop. Me too. Okay. <laughs> I had to stand up and adjust my volume level because my ears were going and my eyes were going woo woo. So so the it volume in your headphones was too loud it and you was. had to go turn it down on Nathan's board, the untouchable board that he won't even set between the two of us no, because he's afraid won't. I'm going to touch he it. He will not. But that's not why it threw me for a loop. I don't care if you got to adjust your audio. That's your audio. You adjust Did I it. elbow you in the face? Is that no, what but you okay. grabbed, <laughs> my, you, you turned my volume down. <laughs> got to really phrase oh, that did? correctly. <laughs> And so while I'm Welcome doing the intro, radio. I gotta like, no, 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 that one, not that one, the other, the other nah, one, the nah, other nah, one. Nah, nah. He's like, no, 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 Anyway, anyway, here <laughs> we are. A little it's behind enough. the scenes, right there. <laughs> yeah. uh, if what you ever want to see, when we're working with somebody who is not a radio professional. Oh gosh. Trying. Anyway. It's uh, it's Ben Lab. It's shock therapy. Shock therapy. Shock therapy day. Once September one. Today is the first day of day September. Fall. No, okay, wait. not even. Oh, not even. Why would you do that? You guys, Hold the phone. What? Fall. Yeah, what? Get out the pumpkins. Stop. <laughs> Apple picking. Gross. Don't say mums. Don't say mums. You can get your mums out and start planting them. <laughs> no, it's too late for planting mums. But if you would like oh to goodness. purchase a bushel of mums, now is a great time. Rebecca, mm-hmm. autumn 2020 in the yep. Northern Hemisphere will begin Tuesday, September 22nd. See? Get your facts straight. Well, it is autumn <laughs> in my house. No, right now. it's still summertime. You know what? You buy one freaking pumpkin scented <laughs> candle and make the mistake of lighting it, and it's fall. Gosh, it's you're game so over. white. You're such a white girl. I am. Did you go get a pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks no, as well? I don't like she won't. Coffee. See, she will not even try. No, it. but the candles. That sucks. Ugh, pumpkin spice lattes are pretty the good. The pumpkin candles. I went and bought the cutest little velvet pumpkins that are adorning my dining room table right now. They are so cute and so much fun. The dining room table looks so good right now that we can't even eat at it. I that was my I had two thoughts when we first came in. <laughs> I thought Rebecca bought new plates. Those are not new plates. All right. Well, she put out new plates. I put and out my, my second best thought was plates. I'm not eating at this table for 
until uh, solid Thanksgiving. Eight <laughs> we will not eat there until no. Thanksgiving. The the Nathan table has been <laughs> mm. dressed up it for is. fall. Mm. Violated, I was gonna say. <laughs> oh. It looks beautiful. Anyway. That was your other thought, right? It looks beautiful. No, no. My second thought was I'm not eating at this table for a long time. There's just too many pumpkins. <laughs> the coordinating colors are good, though. I have to say. Pretty uh-huh. on point. Yeah. Uh-huh. Get you. You I know. supportive husband. Very supportive. Whatever. Well, I, I mean, we did just celebrate our 21-year <laughs> anniversary. So if hey. we made it this far along, he's doing something right. By letting me buy all the pumpkins I want, <laughs> no matter what month it is, because I believe it was still August when I went shopping for those. We were standing in line at Home what Goods. What's wrong with and you? I'm looking at Rebecca. The she's looking at me. <laughs> exactly. And you're like, you're going to pay for it? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize I was supposed to get my card ready. <laughs> you made him pay for your pumpkins? I think he's making up this no, no, part no. of the story. Wow. I was closer to the register because you kept pushing the cart into my hip. Wow. He's making all of this I was like, up. what are you doing? Was that he's his like, bad hip? Rebecca, he's yes. 40. 42, Nathan. <laughs> 40. You're 42? 42. You ran two Wait, miles later, last week, so his hip is miles. a little bad. Are you actually 42? I am. Yep. This is true. No, that's weird. You just turned 40. I know, no, two years was, ago. That was me. Yeah. You just turned 40? Rebecca turned yes, 40. You, know you guys are two years apart? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the same age as my older sister. Yeah. 42. Who my mom was originally going to set him up with my older sister whoa, whoa, instead whoa. of me. Wow. wow. Way to dip back in the memory bank. But she was dating somebody at the yeah, time. she was. Mm. I was not. Unlucky. He was like always. <laughs> I remember I was like, oh, y'all, boyfriend, girlfriend. <laughs> She's like, nobody can know. <laughs> that was really funny. Wait, All right. What? Your sister. Huh? When she was dating that boy. <laughs> and I'm like, is this that your boyfriend? Boy. She's like, nobody knows. Don't say that. And I was like, oh, really? Wow. You don't remember that? No. Anyway, a secret well, relationship. Secret. <sighs> Stephanie's probably punching the radio right now. Stop it! He's telling them all my there secrets. That was back in high school. Again. It's high school. Okay. As I was going to oh, say. Oh, yeah. It's shock oh therapy. Gosh. Shock therapy, September 1. <sighs> oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. Reminds me of fall leaves falling to the ground. Yeah, all right. Reminds me of a You're fresh sermon it. right off the MacBook Pro. Fresh sermon off the <laughs> hot off the MacBook Pro. That's right. Sitting there on the screen. Uh today is Rebecca's shock therapy, like, so we're okay. Can we can we please get the show on the road? Have a moment of seriousness. Okay. Uh hey Vent Lab. Thanks for all you guys do. Oh my gosh, this is not even serious, but we're gonna answer it. Question. I like all the office references you share on the podcast. I already like this person. Mm-hmm. Have you ever used office quotes in public, <laughs> like a restaurant server or Walmart person? <laughs> and if so, what was their response? Did they figure out no, what you were doing? No! <laughs> no! <laughs> Next question. Okay, no, we're answering this. No, no, he I'm, finished his office. Oh, or assuming, she. or yeah, he or she's totally anonymous. With, yeah, I don't know. What was the reaction? Uh, do they figure out what you were doing in the conversation? And it ends with Okay, I I need to make two comments on this. Okay, first of all, I speak the office all the time, like without even realizing it, and I associate everything with the office. Why is so? Like something will happen at work, and I'll be like, "Oh, that's like that one time in the office," right? 
And I think people are like really annoyed by it, but nobody says anything to me. And so I try to be really thoughtful about that of like making fewer office references, but it's really difficult. Second, (laughs) I have watched The Office all the way from beginning to end. We. We have watched The Office from beginning (laughs) to end like a billion times. I mean, we're watching it again. Like we just were addicted. We can't stop watching it. But it wasn't until recently that I realized I married Andy Bernard. Hey, hey, hey. What? I mean, not you. Sorry, (laughs) but like you. Um, Jay was is Andy Bernard. And the other day, we were watching The Office. Do you want to know what Andy said on The Office? He was fixing Dwight's shirt collar and tie. He said it was Cattywampus. Oh my God. He goes, I don't want it to be Cattywampus. I was like, oh no. And Jay West walks around the house saying like Andy Bernard things all the time. Just because I know you appreciate it. Your love for The Office continues. Have you guys ever seen Parks and Rec? <laughs> um, just a few episodes. Just a yeah, just a couple. The one where uh, Ron Swanson and the I just can't get into it. I just keep going dinner. back to the Office because <laughs> okay. I'm just more familiar with it. Well, next year, whenever the Office is no longer on Netflix <gasps> no. and you're watching through Parks and Rec, no. Rob Lowe's character in Parks and Rec is probably Stop Jay it. West to a T. Don't team. even I'm associate. Really? I don't make the I've rules, man. That's just okay. It's real life. So my former staff that I work with, two guys, Micah and Kevin, both said the same thing. Jay West, you're probably uh, Rob Lowe's character. And I'm like, stop it, guys. Yep. Stop that. And then Kevin Pragel would give me this like Jim Halpert face. He'd go, uh, and just do the Jim face. And so we had this phrase in the office, literally all these office quotes and looks. But then they're like, no, no, no. You need to watch Parks and Rec. So I don't know, listeners. Do you, do you think I'm easily convincible to be able to start Parks and Rec? You got to tell us. Let us know. Eight one six seven eight seven one five eleven. I guess. Okay. Okay. Now I need to read Kay. my text messages from my supervisor. 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 I don't even have my aligners in, but I need to tell you that my front teeth are together now. There's yes. no gap, and it's throwing me off. Like I still can't say my F's correctly. Like there, I have to get used to my teeth being together. Like I didn't realize that I I yeah. I learned how to talk with that gap. And I didn't know that closing that gap would change my speech. Anyway, Nathan, what are you doing? I'm uh, show prep and stuff. I, I, <laughs> are you playing a game? I'm not playing. No, I'm. I'm putting That's together. Oh, you're putting pictures together for the stream in the, okay. deck. Okay. Yes, I'm so, changing anyway. the pictures. I'm listening though. <laughs> Mark, I'm having a conversation. Mark Lavoy at KMBZ. He's a funny dude. He is my direct supervisor. Thank you, Mark. Here is his text messages to me this afternoon. Catching up on old office episodes. Hi, I'm Christian Slater. What's it like to work at Sabre? Let's find out together. And I was like, I just watched that this weekend. He said, David Wallace just hugged Michael. And I was like, that's not David Wallace. And he's like, hey, do you know Nate Bargazzi? Bargazzi? Nate Bargazzi? I'm not helping you out. out. B-A-R-G-A-T-Z-E. He has a comedy special on Netflix. So I was like, no. 
He goes, you'd like him. Clean. You wouldn't be embarrassed <laughs> to watch with the kids. He has a podcast and loves The Office. Says his favorite moment from the entire series is Pam's expression after saying how cool she is with Jim leaving. And Jim pops in and asks her out. And I was like, what? oh my gosh. That is my favorite <laughs> the part. Best. I already like this guy. Yeah. And so. Um, That's gold. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna yeah. watch this comedy guy because his favorite scene in the office is my favorite scene in the office. Yeah, this is true. So then Mark told me what his favorite scene is. You ready? Ready. Pam's art show. Yes. Michael genuinely <laughs> wants to buy the drawings. Pam cries and hugs him. Total gut punch. That That is Mark's favorite that's scene. That's gold. That's a good one. Mark, good choice. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite yes. scene? Text us, 816-787-1511. Do you guys remember whenever we were uh, doing shock therapy? Hey, we are answering a shock therapy we question. Are. And this is real rich coming from the guy who's posting pictures in the stream deck right now. <laughs> Nathan's good at multitasking. Yeah, this dude, I'm still really having a conversation. How long it. have you co-hosted so, with him for? I know, good point. So coming to Lansing for Southern, uh, a friend of ours, his name's Tim. And Tim always says, hey, preacher, and I love that. He's like the only guy in the history of our ministry at any time, in any place or anywhere, anywhere. at any moment will say, hey, preacher. <laughs> and he's like, I love the office. And so it's been fun getting to know him and his wife, Danielle, and just some of those things. Anyway, it's even reaching Lansing, Kansas. You know, we're coming from Johnson County and the area that we lived in Olathe, it's like I hope people Wait, like the people love the office are you here in Lansing. The office is just now reaching Lansing. I'm Kansas, not saying just now. I'm saying it, you guys are pretty as out. As <laughs> if it took us to bring like, the office to Lansing. That's what's I'm amazing. Sure it was here before we it got was. here. It is. It has been. Wow, I'm just. Guys, I'm catching up to speed. See the compliment. Yeah. You guys are changing the whole town. Look also, at that. You've just used One. a reference in explaining that story. <laughs> Which was the anytime, anywhere, Any yeah. Any moment. I did that in my sermon last Sunday, and you caught it. I caught it, yeah. Because that was Sometimes a cultural Sometimes I'm afraid connector. if I like start like laughing at something you're saying during your sermon, no one's gonna get like upset. you said some. Oh, I okay. Remind no, me after do this. Not. You cannot. I've got to talk oh, to you gosh. about the mistake you made that I me and the kids all oh, looked man. at each other and were like, "He just okay. said that." <laughs> Stop. Anyway, I won't bring that Public up during speaking. shock therapy because you wouldn't appreciate hey, that. Why? Because of what you accidentally said. Oh what I said gosh. or what someone else no, said. It was, well, there was two <laughs> words that were said wrong. See, you need to bring these to my attention. This is helping One of them me. was you. One of them was somebody else. Okay, what was I talking about? Do you remember? No, we'll talk about, just move on. <sighs> okay. Just move oh, on. Cow. Did we even oh, answer this question? I sure hope we did. Because huh? the person at Walmart you've talked to or you talked about office... Making sure. I said that I talk about it all the time, and every once in a while somebody catches on. Otherwise, no. But you're the one who like will say something at Walmart to people. <laughs> I, I do. Okay, Nathan, we're picking up what you're laying down. Is this you trying to take control of the podcast and say we need to move on? Uh, no, I just thought that was an ask. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going insane. <laughs> and I made you non-caffeinated tea. What happened? This whole thing has gone cattywampus. <laughs> it's a car crash. Yes. There's the word. I love it. Oh, my goodness. That's I'm going like a, insane. 
I thought you were going to yell sack of ants or something. I, am, I am not <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, my gosh. Nathan, I want you to know. I got to tell you. As real as this question is, we're not going to do this to you. Okay? But have you ever felt like the church has abandoned you? That's a real question. Oh, my that gosh. Is that is. Were you trying to be awful? That is horrible. We're not going to leave Even the lights are flickering right now. Like, like my anger got so intense with that horrible transition that the lights above our heads, like, I drew power from them. It's progress. Jeez. Uh... <laughs> Do you want to rephrase that again? Because I don't think anybody caught it. Nobody caught it. I didn't even catch it. You've just, even upset Elvis. I'm trying to lasso Nathan back in, trying to reel him in. Nathan, do you like fishing? Oh my gosh, here Hunting. we go. Uh, I've only been fishing once. It was in Colorado. I fell in the water, and that was the last time. <laughs> Who was that to thank? Family member? Friend? I mean, we were in Colorado with family. I was like six, though, oh, so I don't remember a whole mind. lot. Yeah, it was just really tragic. cold. My whole leg just in the water. Whole leg? Yeah, I was walking just across the darn and just <laughs> the what? slipped in. The darn? I was just walking across the... <laughs> Everyone listening just said the same. Wait, what? What's a darn? <laughs> I love it. That was gold. <clears throat> anyway, what's the question? The question is, Rebecca, do you remember the question? This is actually, this is a really good question. What do you do whenever the church feels like? No, you the, the, you what? feel like the church has abandoned you. That's a real, like the church is like, yeah, bye-bye. Bye, Felicia. I, I personally like have that? never felt that. Yeah. But I, I have heard throughout the years of yes. people who have felt like that. Yeah. I'm going to let you boys handle this while I go take care of that so adorable kind. puppy oh my barking gosh. at us. Thanks. Um, but honestly, I've never known how to handle it because I grew up in the church. Yeah. My family has always been a big part of it. And so it's always been like, <laughs> what? Yeah. You feel like you've been, a, we haven't abandoned you, dude. Yeah. And it, even, even like in the youth group, people who felt like they weren't part of the youth group, it, I was always smack dab in the middle. Like whatever the yeah. biggest circle click was, I was like, I was there. I was yeah. the YPK. My dad was the youth pastor. <laughs> like, so yeah. I, I've it's, never it's experienced it. And yeah. it's not something I think about a whole lot, but every time it's brought up, I'm kind of reminded of like, oh, I legitimately don't know. I don't know how to handle that situation because it's a legitimate situation. Yeah. But no clue. Yeah. I think this is something, even in a pandemic, people are just trying to figure out like, because we're already, be one, our attention's always being competed with. Two, trying to find our place. And when those two things are out of balance, you just automatically feel like, man, church either doesn't speak my language, I don't feel comfortable, I don't feel welcome. Those things can be really distracting to the very purpose of people really trying to get to know you or reach you, or maybe there's something there that you're just not aware of socially that maybe there might be something you're just struggling with, but that's okay because this is a journey. Like It's just taking time to grow in that and develop that and just that not that you're, you know, not, not like something's wrong with you, but there are those times where you're already personally wrestling with whatever it is in your life and the church for whatever reason has this mark where you feel like they've, they've stepped out on you, that they've put you to the sideline. And a lot of times that's not the case. And sometimes it's just digging deep 
and doing some of your own searching in the sense of where am I at with, you know, how committed am I or my, my role in the church or even just, you know, how friendly or unfriendly am I? Those are really good questions to ask. And a lot of times you'll figure out very quickly. And this is for me too. Just, you just grow up in your, in your faith and your walk and you find out there's these things that are just, there's, they're hiccups. But it's not that the church has abandoned you. It's just things you're working on. And you'll give yourself some grace. That's something I try to help communicate almost every week is just to give yourself some grace in those moments where you feel defeated, left out, discouraged. But learn from those things that you're discouraged about, but give yourself some grace to re-engage. You know, be patient with yourself, be patient with others to get to know you. And don't, you know, live in this moment of despair where you feel like the church has abandoned you because the, the church is to be ever-present. It is to be longstanding, and that's something that I think we, in our humanity and our frailty, is we just miss it. We miss the the key element of them. So that's good. Is there is there ever a point, maybe that it would be better? Let's say like it's not just a, a rough month or something where it's yeah. like, wow, I really just don't feel like they're caring about me or whatever. What if yeah. it's like? a long time like at what point do you go maybe i should just change churches or is it ever okay to switch churches just because you feel like you're being ignored by the current one that's a really good question um i think a lot of times people leave for the wrong reasons um they just take their baggage with them but the same point if you can understand that here's the things i carry with me that i'm struggling with the fact that you're not being transparent about it is something that it's it's on you it's the balls in your core and to be able to take that with you to another congregation, it's not fair to the one you're leaving, and it's not fair to the one you're going to, if you have, if mm. that makes sense, um, because it's a growing process. But that's why you get involved in fellowship, and you get connected, and you start doing life with people that get to know you, even in those, you know, those mishaps and those things you're struggling with. Because a lot of times we're our own worst enemy, and we think, well, this church doesn't accept me, or they don't like me, or they think I'm too opinionated, so I'll go to another church. But that pattern's following you. There's no life change. So instead of you wanting leadership, what you really need is discipleship. You need someone to pour and invest in your life, challenge you, not criticize you, but to challenge you and helping you become more like Christ and not so much like your struggle because mm-hmm. we're trying to get out of our struggles. Is that something that you seek out or do you wait until they recommend that? Yeah, I think you seek it out. Well, the fact is because we're all sinners, I think here's the reality is we all need to be seeking that out. Like, you know, using phrases like you always do that or you never do that. Those are not something we have to hear people tell us. Like we know it deep down in some of our own pitfalls. We're just choosing not to do anything about it. So we try to cover it up with our opinions or our disagreements or our, this is what I don't like about this. Man, what's the deeper issue? So that's kind of the the angle in which I would take. Rather than leaving someplace, work on it in the place that you're in. If there's no resolve, then yeah, move on. So basically if in bringing it all together. If you're feeling abandoned by the church, potentially maybe even more often than not, Mm -hmm. it's probably a you problem. Can be, can be, it can be. And you should. Yeah. And rather than like avoiding the church and be like, I'm just going to watch online or whatever. I'm just going to, I just don't really feel comfortable when I'm there. Instead, you should kind of take it head on and say, hey, here's yeah. what I'm dealing with and yes. see how they react Absolutely. to that. Absolutely. Be think totally transparent. I think there's an opportunity of growth to say, 
you know, I'm picking up this vibe that makes me, you know, feel a little uneasy, but is there something I should be responsible for in something I've said or done that maybe was misunderstood or miscommunicated and just taking ownership from that, but also being willing to listen to someone say, actually, yeah, or dude, I have no idea what you're talking about. You're welcome here. Let's, let's, you know, do ministry together. Let's enjoy Mm -hmm. fellowship. And man, you might find that you just completely got liberated from those internal battles you're already facing. Right. And that spearhead approach doesn't have to be with the pastor necessarily. No way. Like you got a buddy in church or something, just kind of, if you can trust them, be open about it and be, and get some advice from that person. And then they can kind of walk you through and, yeah, I think it. you should definitely address the issue with the person you're having the problem with. Like if you feel like the church has abandoned you and you feel like that's directly because of something, the pastor or the priest or whatever, whatever service type you're going to, yeah. um, I think you need to address it with them because if you just go to a buddy, what if this buddy starts stirring up more things of like feeding the problem instead of helping you through it? I feel like you're, going to an indirect source there. Yeah. Well, I I agree with that. Assuming whenever this individual or anybody, whenever they say they feel abandoned by the church, they mean they feel abandoned by the leader of the church. Cause that might not necessarily be true. True. They might just not feel like there's an over encompassing amount of support for them by anybody. They don't have a community. Exactly. They might feel like they're on the outside. I've definitely felt that before. So one of the encouragements I would say to those I've talked with over the last 20 years of ministry that Rebecca and I have even talked with is that when someone's feeling like this, one kind of spiritual gut check that kind of puts it in perspective is maybe you're feeling that right now, the abandonment piece, and it's driving you crazy. So one way of taking ownership of it is putting yourself in someone else's shoes that you would say, if that person was feeling like me, how would I want someone to come alongside me being that other person and walk you through that step of no longer abandonment, but now in fellowship. <coughs> Bless, Bless you. you. Yeah. Ooh, I felt that. Thank you. Uh, but putting it in perspective of, I may feel this way. I care about others deeply. I don't want them to feel that way. So I'm going to help overcome this obstacle, this challenge of abandonment and actually do something about it that I can learn from grow in, but also duplicate so that it helps minimize um, distraction. It helps minimize relational damage in the church because, my goodness, whether it's in the church or even in the world or our jobs, there's enough distractions, enough discouragement. Man, one one day a week to get together, 52 times, it's 52 hours of your life a year. And if church is not a safe place, my goodness, we're missing it as people. So, you know, I love the fact that the reality of this question, even though it's, it hits kind of home to a lot of people, like I feel abandoned. I feel like, so what would you do about it if it was someone else telling you that? Mm-hmm. What's the action plan? Question. When you say abandoned, yes. can we also say burned? Burned like, and abandoned. Do yeah. those mean the same thing? I think there's, I think you have camps. I think they're on the same level or the same line, but you have a camp where you feel like you've been given the right foot of fellowship, like you are out of here. That's abandonment. But burn would be like, I still have friendship or relationship, but I feel cut. But this is my place. These are my people, but I feel kind of cut right now. Man, it's not gone to abandonment yet. That's how I'm seeing that on the spectrum of, you know, this whole relational distraughtness that can be levels of being distraught in fellowship or out of fellowship. Cool. If that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like burn could lead to abandonment. I can't, yeah. yeah, I can't, can't say that I felt 
abandoned, but I definitely have felt burned. Yeah. I heard you say that. I was going to say, well, give an example. That would be really helpful. (laughs) You don't have to give a specific example, but something that would be application. Like, how did you come out of that? Um, I mean, I've always felt like the odd one out um, most of the time. I mean, we've served in ministry where, you know, I'm the pastor's wife wherever we're at. And sometimes I can, or most of the time, I can be a target to a select group wherever Mm -hmm. we go. And, you know, it's, it's difficult for me to build friendships because no matter where I go, I can't trust somebody that they're always going to have my best interest. Best interest, yeah. You know, there's at any point they could turn on me and use anything I say. In confidence, yeah. Yeah, against just, me yep. and or something to, to get back at you. And so there's been times where I've let my guard down and built a friendship that I thought was a solid friendship yeah. and been burned in that way where somebody decided they wanted to use that relationship to gain I don't know, uh, a better position or or status or, yeah. yeah, Or, you know, I don't know why people do it sometimes, but I mean, we're all human, so we do stupid things, but you know, like talk behind my back to my best friend. Like that's happened to me before somebody that I respected went Mm -hmm. to my best friend Mm -hmm. that they didn't know was my best friend and just all out complained about me. Yeah. And then, of course, my best friend was like, hey, so somebody has a problem with you. Did you guys meet that person in the parking lot and like, you know, Nathan, I am a huge fan of killing people with kindness. I was just going to suggest beat them up. I was like, nope, I will go out of my way to smile at somebody who hates me. This is true. All right. The whole coals of fire approach. (laughs) I like it. I dig it. I dig it. I think it's really important just to have your perspective on, because that gives, you know, an action plan that whatever it is that you're facing, whether you've been cut or hurt or distraught or even abandonment, like there's an action plan for you to be able to, to respond. And like you just said, um, just heaping these coals of kindness on people, like it just, it destroys their perspective when they think they have this upper hand or this gain through their opinion or the momentum they're building against one another. Man, it just diminishes that. It takes time, but it's worth it. So, you know, I actually, (laughs) I was just thinking, because one of the questions we're going to address tonight is the whole, so if I feel abandoned or I feel burned, but now I have the convenience of doing online church. Now I get to avoid it all. Oh, now at the online church, I don't have to deal with people. That. Stay home where it's safe. And I've heard this over (laughs) and over. I've heard people say, you know, Pastor, when you're preaching, I've washed my car. I've, you know, been giving my dog a bath. You know, it's just these mm-hmm. different scenarios. And I'm not going to be like, what are you doing not in front of the TV? You know, I'm not sitting there to judge. Everybody processes differently, but there's a key element here we cannot miss with online services. This is universal. <sighs> Rebecca, you know the answer, right? Yeah. What is it? You have to be around people. Yes, which is called... <laughs> Fellowship. And not forsaking the assembling of ourselves. Okay, yeah. Assembling of ourselves. Yeah, so. What does that even mean? So here's what it means Assembling Uh, of ourselves, bringing myself together. (laughs) I will put myself together in front of people. Is that what that means? Have you ever seen the Lego movie? No kidding. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like that. 
like I think of it as like this because I'm not gonna be like, what do you mean you were doing something else while listening? I'm not gonna do that. I'm like, I'm really glad that you made the choice to listen to God's word and the way it was being taught, challenging you, whatever it was that you were doing. But here's the here's the deal. Like for example, I could not imagine every week just talking to you over the phone and never like getting to sit with you in the same room and actually have a conversation. And fr- you know, I'm, you know what I mean. And like, and worship's gonna be coming. That that's the danger. Is like. There's this convenience, but there's also this mask that we got to be really cautious with that we don't stop being together. And now we are within, you know, guidelines and we are in a pandemic. So there's a lot of things that we have to just consider, you know, comforts and safety, all important. But the point is that not forsaking that personal touch, whether it be even if it's writing a card that phone call, that text, but making Metaphorically sure... Metaphorically speaking, because we should right. not be personal, personally touching anybody. Exactly. No, handshaking, right guilty. But also just the fact that, that that verse brings to the point of the church being this unstoppable force, which <laughs> sounds like another office quote, but <laughs> it's not, I don't, I don't think. <laughs> but it's the, it's, the, it's the reality that we can get caught in a convenience and not being living it out with conviction. Like being the church rather than just i went to church i did my did my sunday duty i'm good no being the church is taking it with you and meeting people where they're at so okay there's so a lot of components you know how much i, I love watching church from home like i love being in the comfort right. of my comfy chair with my warm cup of tea and i can and? still have my pjs on and yep. my dog elvis yeah so I, I really like that. It's convenient. I really like it. I'm also an introvert. We've talked about this yes. before. So <laughs> I love the whole church from home thing. However, during the month of August, our church did outdoor services oh, so that we could all gather together yeah. safely at distance. No hugs and stuff. Anyway, I have to admit it was very nice to be able to see people's faces because, okay, we don't need to take it that far. <laughs> but it, not that, that people are forgettable, but I forget who all is there. Like, and you build stories with people and, and you look forward to like yeah. talking about that next week. And yeah. There's, there's no other reason why I'm going to reach out to those people yeah. that aren't in my close circle if I don't see them every week. And I do love those people. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I miss getting together with them on Sundays and seeing them. Yeah, I wish I could like do church from home. And then they could all like stop by <laughs> yeah. real quick. By the way, <laughs> like we can eat like cookies or something. I love that. And then they can be on See? their way. Like something like that would be cool. I think it gives like us- a drive by church. I would be okay. I would be okay with yeah. a drive by cookie. I think like, that would be thing. really that would creative. Be fun. Yes. So for the month of September, yeah, Lansing for Southern Back. Baptist Church, we're doing drive-by cookie church. <laughs> Everybody's gonna, watching service hold online to, and then drive Rebecca by my it. house and bring me cookies. <laughs> oh. I wouldn't doubt that from happening. There is such generosity <laughs> from our church family. I could, hear, I could see them be like, check, I got you, Rebecca. And they're gonna bring cookies. up. Yeah, yeah, I can't have gluten, so you're going to have to spend the extra bucks. And then because cookie. you mentioned Elvis, they're going to bring pup cups with them. I'm going to be like, my whole perspective no, no, just got... I was just kidding. I'm sorry. I took that too far. I love it. No, but here's the thing. Like, Okay, our window or our view here in America on 
the amount of service and time at church and how much we spend. I mean, you go to another country where Christians fellowship and worship, you go, oh my gosh, like that was four hours of solid like praise worship in God's word. Um, so here's the deal. There's some flexibility. Be gracious to yourself. Just don't live in the isolation of the convenience of the online world and forsake the assembly because you can reach out through phone, text, email, but there's got to be that component, like you said, Rebecca, where you see one another and you're reminded of why the church is such a special, unstoppable force because it involves you and me, the people. It involves us. And, you know, and Nathan and I were even talking earlier tonight about just the whole reality around just the convenience of online worship. Again, it's a component. It's a vehicle but let's not let it take away from the forsake, you know, to the fellowship of what we're supposed to be enjoying. I, mm. I, I really enjoy that conversation. I just noticed that Patrick what? Mahomes got engaged. Hey, hey, <laughs> I don't mean to change the subject, but <laughs> Patrick Mahomes or Brittany just got engaged. Casey, <clears throat> I tell you what, my favorite anyway, part about uh, online churches is that it's so much easier to take a nap. During the preaching, this is a real moment. I, like my bed is way more comfortable than any pew. Right. I'm sorry, but it is. Nobody can, can see honest. you scrolling on your phone <laughs> when you're at home. I can't. Well, you I can't, can eat snacks without distracting but, others. But see, that's the thing. I can't scroll on my phone during the service because I'm watching it on my phone. Well, I can on only sleep. Else. Watch it on your TV. I don't have a TV in my room. Put a TV in your room. I can't. There's not enough room. You have a computer. Watch yeah, but that's bel- that's in the basement, and I don't have a bed <laughs> in the computer room. Okay, we'll just no. I took we'll my laptop it. apart because my hard drive fried, and so I took oh! the one out of my laptop and put it in my computer. Wow! Nikes. And now my laptop's in pieces. And Dad told me <gasps> the other day to go put it back together so the kids don't get it. And I said okay, and then I didn't. Um, anyway, <laughs> what about Sterling, your cat? He no, nah, he leaves it alone. He's okay. not much of a gamer. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, what were we talking about? Talking taking about naps, taking during naps during church, during right? Yeah. yeah, it's way easier yeah. from home. It is. Like, and but how cool of a vehicle to be able to watch church from home? I mean, it's it's awesome. It's awesome because you, if if you're sick or your kid is ago. just acting up or something yeah. like that, there's no stress of like. I guess if we don't make it, then we're not getting church today. It's like you know what? That's that's yeah. okay. We can. You just you, see, I, there are families, young families, who apologize before even saying, Hello, so sorry, Pastor Willie. Whoa, 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 stop you right there. First of all, you're here. Second of all, you made a choice to be here. Third, you could be broke down on the side of the road. You could be sick. You could be bleeding, whatever it is, but you're here. Let's just start with that and let's go with that. You know, it's like progress. You so I, it just always catches me off guard when people go, I'm really sorry I'm late. I can't believe I was running late. Hey, man, we cool. You're here. Okay, so to summarize, <laughs> online church is completely acceptable and yeah. a fantastic option. It is. But don't make it a forever option. Yeah, don't make it the right. forever option. As, I, as soon as... It's a as plan B option. Social distancing. Yeah. So work, this works right now option. Everything is back to normal. Get back to church, people. Yeah. Unless you can't, then it's okay. But if you can, go to church. Yeah. And then call somebody and say... I went to church and I thought of you and I prayed for you today. Just want you to know that. Oh, what? And then drive That's by their awesome. house and throw cookies, cookies out their window. Bring free. Them a cookie. Hand it to them so they can eat it. <sighs> <sighs> Rebecca, so your sorry. dog is I know, he just driving me up a wall. Me. 
I don't think he does. He spends all day in here. I know. He loves me. <sighs> What's wrong, Nathan? <laughs> there it is. We are waiting. Is your sound not working? That's a work in progress. Are we waiting for <laughs> Jay West to transition this? Nathan doesn't even know my story from last week in the marketplace sale, does he? And the encounter with that dude. I didn't get to tell you. You had an encounter with a dude? Yeah, so I get to sell some tires, <laughs> some truck tires that I had nice. in the garage, right? Yeah. Long story short, he basically made this statement about, you know, no one in the church would want me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's Whoa. like, dude, my life of addiction, uh, my life with alcohol, uh, running with like two or three girls um, that none of these girls knew that he was in other relationships. And I'm like, how old are you? And he's like, 21. I'm like, you got a lot of life ahead of you, dude. And for whatever reason, two things went through my mind. One was like, of course, Lord, you would mm -hmm. allow this to happen at 8.05 a.m. in the morning to catch me off guard to give an answer. And then second thing was, this young man needs to hear the hope of the gospel because he is totally downloading and being transparent and real. He had no idea as a pastor. He had no ideas in ministry. And so I kind of chuckled. And he's like, what do you think about that, man? I'm thinking, you're just buying tires. You just shared your life story with me. What just happened? I didn't even ask him. But for whatever reason, in that moment of transparency, I said, I got two things I got to tell you. Number one, I'm a pastor. And the look on his face just dropped. Oh, man, what? Brackety, brackety. Like, he, like, drops language. And I'm like, dude, you don't have to apologize. You don't have to clean up your act. I'm telling you that. Not only am I a pastor, I didn't tell you to throw you off, but I was like, I'm telling you because I've seen stories like this in people's lives where you don't think you can ever have a relationship with God, the one who gave himself for you through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And he was like, I've heard that, but why would anybody want to accept me? I'm like, because God wants to do something amazing in your life. I said, if you, the way you were transparent with me about all that's happened in your life, your addiction, your struggles, the enemy, Satan, wants to keep you in that mindset to keep you out of the church because he knows what's ahead of you for hope and healing in your life. And I just told him, I said, dude, you telling me that today is telling me that God's not done with you, that God has a plan for your life. If you will just take that openness and transparency to him, because I can't save you, I can't do anything for you other than lead you to the cross, like lead you to Christ and what Jesus did for us on the cross. And he's like, if I let people tell me that, I just, I guess I just, I've never really considered it. And I don't even, this is what he said. He goes, I don't even know why I'm telling you this. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, you're just buying tires. I don't know why you're telling me either. I, and, I, and I laugh with him because he was willing to laugh about it. He's like, maybe God is trying to get my attention. I said, uh, I think so. And it's not even nine o'clock in the morning. You know, I'm just <laughs> like, bro, this is such a cool God moment. If you will just take it before him. And anyway, that's really kind of what that next question leads into is about the whole, you know, being with struggles and sinful habits. Is it even worth going to church? Will anybody accept me? And the answer is yes. If they have a Christ-focused, gospel-centered message, they're going to receive you as Christ receives us in all of our frailty, our brokenness, our jacked-up lives, and he does something magnificent. Um, that's why he went to the cross because he knew and we would hopefully know and come to understand that we can't save ourselves. We can't do the restoration. Um, and that's, I love the, the transparency of that question about, you know, if, you know, I have all these issues in my life, should I even try to go to church? And yes, you should. You should go to church and allow, and allow people to speak into your life, even if it's difficult. 
when you don't want to accept a lifestyle change, you know, with some of these addictions or habits, you know, let people walk with you and see you grow out of that and into this, you know, maturity and walking in a new life that, you know, brings hope and brings healing, all those things. And it was amazing. Like when I'm just talking with that guy for just 20 minutes, uh, in context of what he shared, um, there was like that glimmer, you know, his countenance was kind of like receptive to, we talked about hope and restoration and forgiveness and me encouraging him to forgive himself, but most importantly, to call on Christ to be forgiven of sin and to begin with that and then look at what God's going to do and just say, God, I give it to you. Just let him handle it. It's a whole new perspective. So, you know, for anybody who's you know listening and kind of identifying with that mindset of why even bother <laughs> with the church, because you're worth it. That's why. So that's kind of my approach with that question. Wow. I don't even know if I even did a transition to the question. I just uh, went into the story. Just freaking <laughs> nailed it. Did, wow. did I not tell you that story? That no, happened. Like, that's awesome. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, four truck tires just like you want. I'm sorry, what? Oh, <laughs> oh. you have an alcohol problem? Man, I don't know why you're telling. Oh, okay. You know, I was just like, I'm not saying those things out loud, but it was just like, wow. Yeah, wow. Something just happened this morning. This guy's life that he became an open book. Yeah. Had a lot of a lot of weight on him, apparently. He had some weight. Some of it started squishing out. It was pretty intense, yeah. Yeah. That's um, good, though. But timing. intense in a good way, you know, because mm-hmm. it was just like, okay, Lord, help me to step aside. J. West Crockett, er, on the sideline, and allow God the Holy Spirit to, like, just speak into this guy's life. Mm-hmm. And let him know that God loves him and cares for him. Yeah. Man, that's the thing about why we do shock therapy. So as you're listening in, um, that's why we want your questions. Because we want to meet you where you're at with some of this. Because a lot of times our background, in fact, that's what he was telling me. He's like, as a kid, I got abused at home. I had people put me down at church because of my home life. Because we didn't have very much. I mean, he went on to this like this like spectrum of like what he didn't have. Mm-hmm. And it was like super deflating. But I'm just like... But there's so much ahead of you that you can have. You know, not just like possessions. I'm talking about all that junk that happened in your life can make you stronger so that you can be stronger for someone else who doesn't know the hope that you have. And it was just like such a perspective introduction. And he's like, man, that sounds awesome. Like, it was just taking steps. And that's the thing is take steps with yourself in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my first thought whenever you mentioned his age was like, Oh, wow. He's got a lot ahead of him. Like the amount of potential yeah. that is lost on so many people because they give up early yeah. on in life. It's insane. It is. And I, I, I always think about that is like, man, if they would have just had a moment whenever they yeah. were younger yeah. and would have gotten on the right track, like the earlier, the better. But even if you're older and things still aren't going great, yeah. it's never too late because there's so much in life that's... Yeah that's ahead of you and you've got so much potential. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's people in their old age that have had a total turnaround in life and they've still been used for great things in the last yeah. five to 10 years of their life. Yep. It's insane. It is. I was having coffee this morning with a, an older couple from our church family at a distance outside their residence, you know, just keeping <laughs> those comforts, but just talking life and ups and downs successes and failures, you know, in the way that we process that, but just seeing the grace of God in all of it, just trying to figure it out together. And, mm-hmm. you know, which also goes back to the, the need for fellowship, but just like you said, even later in life, yeah, seeing God's hand at work, even when you didn't expect it. Yeah. And I, I think what a lot of people get caught up on and mm-hmm. it's 
kind of, I think what, what the texter alluded to a little bit in, in their text to us is that they feel like they've got to get everything in order before they go to church. No kidding. Like they've got to, they've got to get their life on the right path. They've got to clean up their act before they go to church. And it's like, that doesn't, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like you don't, I, I, that that's kind of like cleaning up your house before the cleaners get there. <laughs> like, bro, it's a great that's illustration. What they're there for? I yeah. mean, I get it. You want to look better yeah. for them, right? But they're gonna clean it regardless. Yeah, totally, they're doing their job. I'm sorry, I've been gone for a little while How's because Elvis? Elvis won't stop barking. <laughs> I tried to put his shock vibrate collar on him, and uh, it's dead. So, oops. Just hoping he doesn't bark. Anyway, what question are we are we addressing right Talking now? Talking about, you know, when you have struggles or addictions and, you know, is it acceptable just to go ahead and come to church as you are? Yep. Okay, the, wait, what, let me see the question here. Yeah, yeah. The question is kind of wrestling, but wanted to see if you think going to church is acceptable even when struggling with sinful habits and substances. Thanks, guys. Okay, so, yes, agree with everything that you guys just said. That makes sense why you were saying what you said now. Um I would say that there is some exceptions though. If you're struggling with a sin that is going to hurt the people, like if you are murdering okay. people. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> I see where you're going with this. Or <laughs> the, there's some types of sexual yes, sins. Correct. Um, if you have predatory behavior that you're working through, I think those are real things that we should probably That's good clarification. address because if, if you're going to be tempted to hurt somebody in that situation, then that's something that you need to seek help on before yeah. you're going to be in a place where you can go. But if we're just talking about that, you're generally a sinner. Yeah, that's um, where we were at. But you take it then, to that level of concern. Yeah, well, sure. I think that's something yeah. that still needs, because some people yeah. still end up going when Our, they're yeah. working Our, through stuff like that. Or yeah. Our first ministry in Omaha, I remember uh, still in Bible college, and we had a circumstance where someone just had been coming to help and serve in different events, um, things in family ministry, but there was never like a clear like vetting of like, so are you planning on getting connected to the church? It was just kind of like they were showing up and then one day it was kind of like that was their big issue was like one, harming themselves and then two, almost like a plan to harm someone else and like they just openly shared their struggle and was like, well, here's the next step. We need to get you some help. And then they just disappeared. It's like, there's that scenario of reality like, wait, you just got really transparent about your struggle, which could, one, harm you or others. Yeah, we got to get you some help. So totally appreciate that perspective because yeah, that is Yeah, it's a, okay to go to the staff and say you're struggling yes. with this and to get help. Like I said, in general, Yeah, I mean, in 90% of cases yeah. that it is okay to go to church while you're struggling with something. You don't need Dude. to clean up before you come. Yeah. But there are those certain things yep. that people struggle with. Yeah. That would hurt others if you show up, but it doesn't mean that you should not yeah. seek help from the church. You can still seek help from the church, correct? But maybe you're not in a safe place where you can actually yeah. like admittance, like to sign up to help in the event or whatever it might be. It's like let's get you safe, let's get you secure, and whatever your struggle is, and then reassess that. Yeah, for murders the happen every day. There's a lot out there. There is, and the church is a target. Like you talked about, a target. That is a huge deal. And I think we just, yeah, there's definitely a need to be mindful of that. Um, there's another one. I'll let you delicate. talk on this more okay. because I don't want this to get muddy. No. But there is, I've seen groups of people that go from church to church to church carrying hurt. Yeah. 
um, that they've never dealt with. And I'm not saying that you should not be somebody who, who stays involved in the church because you should. But if you find yourself carrying hurt from place to place and you're the common denominator (laughs) and that same hurt keeps happening, then it needs to be addressed with pastoral staff of a plan to get you healthy again yeah. because obviously you're carrying it's something toxic. and you yeah you don't want to be toxic to another yeah. group of people you don't want to bring that toxic toxic toxicity i love that word <laughs> you don't want to bring that to another group of people yeah i'll let you talk about that you know there's that reality of just admitting that you're in the wrong and that's hard for us to do when we know we're toxic because we want to put the blame on someone else and sometimes the people who are closest to us, that seems to be the easiest access point. And for some, when they go place to place to place, they think, well, the closest people I've ever been with have been church people. So they'll understand. And if they don't, I'll just go somewhere else. That's not healthy. You know, that's, that is um, unhealthy behavior. And what that does is it, is it begins to fester in other people's lives and it, it causes dissension. Well, as a follower of Christ, we all need not just fellowship, but we all need correction. Um, and so I think the pastoral leadership does that in a loving, shepherding way, uh, not to drive people away, but to help people understand healthy spiritual boundaries to get them spiritually healthy. I mean, that seems repetitive, but it's necessary. Um, we've seen that happen in ministry over the years, and it's, it's super deflating because there's so much available to us in our, and to be able to grow in, you know, in a healthy way, not in a dysfunctional way. And the church, unfortunately, because we're all sinners, we get dysfunctional. And then when we have a lack of willingness to learn and grow from that, it just gets toxic. So definitely want to side with caution and just walk with people, but also bring out correction in a loving way, but also a healthy way. And sometimes that's just really tough love. And I don't want to discourage anybody who's struggling. No. Because we're all struggling with something. Man. That no kidding. It is okay to go to church when you're struggling with stuff. You you're gonna go in and out of that and ebbs and flows where you're gonna be better off and worse off. And yeah, you should still go to church. Here's one subtle example I think we can all identify with. Here's one example. <clears throat> Sunday after Sunday. Let's just say outside of a pandemic, <laughs> right? We've been going to church every Sunday. One of the most subtle things I've heard throughout the years is, yeah, I don't think they like me. Well, why don't you think they like you? They never say hi to me. What do you mean they don't say hi? Do you ever say hi to them? Well, no. Okay, maybe you just got to take the first step, you know, and then you say, I think maybe Some of us are shy, okay. <laughs> but here's the thing. We will then voice, I don't think they like me, which then gets to someone else and go, that person doesn't like me because they don't ever say hi to them. They don't ever say hi to them. So words like ever, like you don't ever do this or you never do this become very toxic phrases. And I think a spiritual gut check that we can say, do I say these two things? If I do, then I might have a piece in the puzzle of some of the dysfunction. And I think those are good earmarks to be able to say, do I manifest some behaviors or some attitudes or some actions that unfortunately create a tone of dissension. I'm not saying you're causing dissension, but could it? Possibly. But I just know throughout the years, I've heard people and families and other people say, I don't think they like me because they never or they don't ever. And you're like, okay, we got to be really cautious with those things. Because then sometimes we eliminate ourselves from getting close to people. And whether you're an extrovert 
or an introvert, we can all play in that same game. And it can just become really dangerous. We just got to make sure that we're being intentional and not being reactionary, but ha- be, but having an action plan of being restored. That makes sense. So bottom line. Bottom line. Unless you are actively murdering or wow. raping somebody, you're more than welcome and encouraged to go to church. <laughs> and depending on the size of the church. Okay. Odds are. Somebody who is already going to the church is struggling with the same thing or something similar. Mostly true. Mostly true. Pretty much. And even if it isn't true or mostly true, you can still go to church. You should go to church. That's all I'm trying to say. Go to church. Online is always a great option. (laughs) Yes, but not long term. (laughs) Right. And that's a way that someone could say from a distance, Mm -hmm. they're real. Again, if it's, it's threatening them, or someone else potentially um, in confidence is to reach out and be willing to accept an action plan of getting help. Yeah. That's not being weak. That's being strong. You know, there's Boom. a strength in that and just being able to admit and saying, you want to see change happen in your life in a positive light. So you take those steps without jeopardizing yourself or the safety of others. So yes, in that scenario. All right, man, Nathan, you're so good at the switches and stuff on that you board. You nailed it. You know what? You guys are a lot of fun. Oh, you're love, fun. I love the Vent Lab and how we can just, not just be jovial, but be real. That's what we're here for, man. You know? It's coming out of your paycheck. I hope you like it. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so are all those pumpkins I just I bought. knew it. That's Ugh. exactly what I was thinking of. Hey, special shout out to, guys, give a little shout out. Do it. So this is probably the last shock therapy. Not what? entirely. This but is for the my last fr- shock No, therapy? no. But for my, our friends, Darren and Tiffany, Tieran, Ethan, and Brayden Wright. Why? Because they have accepted a position in Hamden, Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. You can't get our podcast in Massachusetts. Well, they can. But we want. I just want to give them a special <laughs> shout out because I have had point. the privilege of serving on staff with Darren Ray in ministry for the last 15 years. An and uh, this is going to be... Your BFF is moving this away. This is uh, going to be a tough one. I'm I told sorry. him, I said, dude, I may call you, I may text you, or I'm crying because it's it's going to hit home. Like, dude, you're not going to be just a simple, like, 40-minute drive to go grab a cup of coffee and talk life, ministry, family. But I'm going to have to just call or text, and you're going to be 27 hours away in Massachusetts. So... Big shout out to the Ray family. Congrats on your new position uh, there in Massachusetts and uh, the new adventure that you guys get to be on. Woo, woo. Congrats. We're super excited for yeah. you guys. Also, next next episode of Shock Therapy, we're going to talk about what you do when you lose your best friend of 15 years. <laughs> okay. <thanks. laughs> At least Everyone picked up on walk that. Walk away. Yeah. <laughs> Move away. <laughs> yeah, right. Ray! Uh, for real, though, if you have a question yep. that has come to mind during this uh shock therapy or throughout the next month text it 816-787-1511 we would love to take a swing at answering it and guys Uh, i am not andy bernard you just need to take that back that sounds really divisive (laughs) (laughs) that's another shock therapy in the books live stream this friday a regular episode next week 
Jay West, as always, thank you so much. It's an honor for being it's here. Privilege, privilege, and honor. Thanks for gracing us with your wisdom. Ooh. My name's Nathan. I'm Rebecca. We out. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs>